Mansfield 103.2 Sport with United Carpets and Beds. Visit us in store for the latest deals on flooring and beds at Mansfield Woodhouse and Kirkby and Ashfield. UnitedCarpetsandBeds.com It's the start of your sporting weekend. This is Sports Talk. Good evening and welcome to our weekly look at what's happening in local sport with me, Jason Harrison and Tim Morris. And it's been another busy few days across Mansfield, Ashfield and Bowlsover, not least at the One Call Stadium, where a home win for Mansell Town against Hartlepool was swiftly followed by a home loss to Exeter. We'll hear a bit of legendary striker Kevin Randall's recent appearance at the club's evening with event, whilst in the studio, commercial manager Paul Nyland lets us know what's happening off the pitch. Away from the Stags, we'll hear from a 51-year-old Mansfield man who's getting into the boxing ring next month for the first time ever for charity. Dom Chiverton had it surprised some. My wife does think I'm crazy. Both my sons, who they've actually been boxers, especially my older son, he turned around and says, I think your boat's past there, Dad. <laughs> I says, oh, no, I says, but it's in a good course. Nottingham's former world champion Carl Froch tells us about getting his MBE, and one half of Mansfield's sidecar brothers Tom Birchall reviews their motorsports year. All that plus the usual features, including Morris's Minute Moan, the Sports Top Predictor, and the Mansfield Town Weekly Prize draw, makes it another jam-packed show tonight. So let's get things underway. Very good evening. Welcome to Sports Talk on this Friday evening. Myself, uh, Jason Harris and Tim Morrison is today. We're quickly joined by Paul Nyland from the Stags. Just got in, Paul. Good evening. <laughs> well done. Well done. Uh, the traffic pretty bad out there as well. If you're out there, uh, you know, take your time and be careful and all that, Atom. It's a typical Friday evening, I think. It is. A bit of rain doesn't help. Does it? Just make sure you get there safely. <laughs> what about this week then, Tim, to be fair? I mean, have you had, first of all, talk personally, good week? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Back, week, got back into the routine. Back into the after. swing of being at work, unfortunately. But then there's somebody reminded me tonight on the phone. You know that you go to work to pay for your holidays, don't you? So <laughs> you got your next well. one planned already. I haven't actually yet. No. So if anybody's got any ideas, let me know. Yeah, I'm sure they will do as well. <laughs> Good week for you, Paul. I bet it's been a busy one, hasn't it? Two home games this week. I bet on the commercial side, it's been a hectic one. No, very good, very good. It's um, very busy, of course. Christmas coming up with all the events running up and everything else. But no, it's been a good week. Yeah, uh, but not uh, up and down sort of week, Tim. This week for the stars. We'll talk in more detail later on. I mean, the the euphoria of Saturday was followed by abject despair on Tuesday. And you can tell why Adam Murray sort of pulls his air out a little bit at the you know the fact yeah. that there is a huge change in emotion. We get too high and we get too low, don't we? Yeah. You know, let's just let's just look at the table, see where we are, see how much we've progressed in a year. And mm. as, as you, I said to you was it last week or two weeks ago when you were trying to uh, goad me into saying it was all <laughs> gloom and doom, should we say? I said, wait till I do that. Wait till me. we get to Christmas. And yeah. th- then we'll take stock and see where we are. And if we you know if we're still struggling to score, if we're still struggling to win at home come the new year, maybe you know maybe Adam will make more significant changes if you like, mm. rather than tinkering with the team. But at the moment, I'm quite happy where we are. Couple of che- couple of uh, si- uh, t- uh, players gone out on loan yeah. uh, when the loan transfer window closed. I think it was yesterday, yeah. wasn't it? Fitzpatrick uh, and, and Fitzpatrick um, and Connor Gre- Joe Fitzpatrick, Connor Green yeah. have gone off to uh, local non-league sides, Carlton and uh, Gresley, yeah. uh, respectively, until the new year. That's just about getting them game time, exactly, isn't it? Exactly, yeah. I mean, you, you can see with players at the moment, you know, higher the pecking order than them who aren't getting game time, when they come on, they're struggling sometimes you know, fitness-wise, and not so much fitness, but match sharpness-wise, if you like. So definitely a good idea to get them out on loan. Um, Fitzpatrick was a surprise inclusion on the bench the other night as well, wasn't mm. he? So he's clearly in Adam Murray's plans. Well, let's find out what's been happening, shall we, in the world of sport today with James Brandon. <laughs> 
This is your Mansfield 103.2 Sports Update. I'm James Brandon. Mansfield Town centre-back Ryan Tafazoli is now the second longest-serving player at the club and he says he's learnt a lot in his time with the Stags. He signed in August 2012 and only midfielder Chris Clements has been at the Wonkor Stadium for longer. We asked him how he'd improved in that time and he says he's mentally tougher from when he signed. When you're that age, you don't realise how big of a part uh, the mental side of the game is. But if you can get yourself mentally strong, I think you've always got a chance in this game. Um, obviously, a lot more experience, so being able to like, read the game better and stuff like that. You know, you're a bit better at everything, to be fair, from four years ago. Just better in the air, better on the ball, just better all round. Meanwhile, the loan window closed this week without any new players coming into Mansfield Town. But two young members of the first-team squad have gone out to get match fitness, it's been revealed today. Midfielder Joe Fitzpatrick and fullback Connor Green have gone to non-league sides Carlton Town and Gresley, respectively, until the new year. Former Manchester United defender Gary Neville says Jamie Vardy will have achieved something special if he sets a new Premier League goal-scoring record. Leicester face United tomorrow and Vardy will be aiming to score for an 11th consecutive game in the competition, which nobody has ever done before. Neville says it won't be easy for him to do that. I think that from Vardy's point of view, He's playing against one of the toughest defences in the league on Saturday to try and break the record. So if he, if he does break that record on Saturday, he'll fully deserve it. It's been an amazing run, whatever happens. And in ice hockey, new Sheffield Steelers signing Guillaume Debian will make his debut tonight in their home game against Coventry. The 30-year-old Canadian forward joined this week as the Steelers look to kickstart their so far disappointing Elite League campaign. And Debian says he's had a very warm welcome. The way that I've been uh, taken care of by the team has been fantastic. I mean, not playing down in any other teams that I've played on in the past couple of years, but my wife and I and her daughter felt very welcome, so that was very nice. And knowing a lot of guys on the team already was, uh, you know, easy for the transition, so it was very nice. And I was a little rusty yesterday. I didn't skate in uh, about a week, but I feel good this morning and uh, getting ready for tonight. That's your Mansfield 103.2 Spots Update. I'm James Brandon. There's local news at the top of the hour. Thanks, James. Yes, we'll get the news at six with Tony Delahunty. But uh, Tim Morris is keeping an eye on the cricket that's going on at the moment, aren't you, Tim? I mean, it's the second T20 international that's going on in Dubai. England won quite comfortably yesterday. and Yeah, played very well yesterday yeah. as well. And today yeah. a lot of changes have been made. Alex Sales has been in there, but he's out for 11. Uh, England doing all right, though, I think. Uh, well, they started off all right, didn't they? I mean, they're going to they're gonna end up scoring about as many as they did the other night. But if you're know, looking from the reports, they probably needed a few more. They're in a much better position to have pushed on got something like 180 but they're now mm. 158 for 8 with just a uh, hand uh, well one over left exactly it's about the same scoreline they got yesterday it wasn't is, it but really? I said the pitch you know, they said it was going to play a bit slower yesterday yeah. I, I'd have liked to have seen us got about 20 more runs tonight and we were in a better position we've just lost a flurry of wickets for very few runs and we'll keep you right up to date of course with that here on Mansfield 103.2 we've got loads to talk about we've got boxing we have got uh, a little bit of darts as well on the way as, as well as the stags and we talk about what's been going on behind the scenes and a lot of the stuff that's been happening at the Stags with Paul Nyland as well. But let's uh, delve into motorsport shall we to start the programme uh, tonight and the Birchill Brothers, uh, one half of Mansfield's sidecar brothers was in the town centre this week throwing his weight behind the White Ribbon campaign where men are working to end violence against women. It's also a campaign that's being supported by Mansfield Town players Jamie Maguire and Nicky Hunt. Mansfield 103.2's Joshua Marsh had a chance to speak to Tom Birchill about his and Ben's 2015. It's been a decent year for you and your brother hasn't it? Yeah, yeah, we've had a we've had a great one. Uh, we're just we're concentrating on on Alaman TT races this year. And we had two wins there, so we're, yeah, absolutely, absolute dream come true. But you know, we've had a, loads of support from people of Mansfield, and you know, it's been great. Um, just a big thanks to the sponsors and the people that have helped us along this year. It's been it's been awesome. So, what's the challenge from here on in then? 
Well, next year we've got a real busy year because we're going back to World Championships. Um, we're also com contesting TT again. Um, and also we'll be doing some British Superbike rounds as well. So we've got a full calendar. So, you know, there's plenty of opportunity to come and see us and, and get to Donington Park or Mallory or, you know, local places where we'll be at. Yeah, Donington Park must be a fantastic uh, course to race around. You know, such a lot of history there. Yeah, yeah, we've always had great results there. And, and you know, it's only down the road, really, three quarters of an hour down the road. And, and you, can, you can go and support some local lads. And it's got to be one of the best circuits in the world still. You know, yeah, we love it there. And really looking forward to going back to TT. There's great coverage for that now on, the, on the ITV4. And so you can, there's plenty of chance to see us and, and watch us live on TV. Yeah, how many more Isle of Man wins do you think you've got left in you? Yeah, <laughs> it's a tricky one, that, because it's, you know, there's quite a stigma about the place. It is a dangerous circuit to go and race, so we just prepare as best we can, and, and you know, we've already started them preparations, and we, we turn up on the day, and if, if if it happens for us, it happens for us, but, you know, it's not it's not somewhere you can really chase, but we'll see how we go. We're looking forward to it, that's for sure. Tom Birchall there speaking to Josh Marsh earlier on this week, and we heard him there going back into the World Cycle yeah. Championships next year. They missed it out this year. There was a lot of hoo-ha, wasn't there, of the safety of riders? That's right, and yeah, the tracks, etc. yeah, but they've been invited back in, if mm. you like, and they're going to be uh, involved in the new section as well, and the, the uh, governing body, if you like, has asked them to come back and, and get involved. That can be good, can't it? Because... I, I still think they don't get much of a profile in Mansfield. You know, yeah. one of the best in the world, and yet because the sport <laughs> isn't shown on prime time television, nobody knows. Well, about it's not really shown anywhere, is it? That's the thing. I think it's sort of shown on one of these smaller satellite you channels. You can find isn't it, it around, yeah. yeah. Or you sometimes find some motorsport. If you know what you're looking for, ITV four at three o'clock in the morning, or, or yeah. something daft like that. But yeah, it just doesn't get the profile it deserves, and and, yeah. and they don't. Although to be fair, you know, clubs like the Armchair Club in Mansfield has, has backed them really well mm. to help them get where they are. But like I say, you need primetime television. It's the, it's the only way for some of these minority sports. Yeah, and I'm sure, Paul, you've bumped into the Birchills in a number of occasions through the years. I mean, they're, they're great brothers, aren't they? And the dedication they have to their sport is just phenomenal, isn't it? No, um, unbelievable. I mean, I've, I've seen them around at a couple of charity dues. And, uh, you know, you wouldn't think to look at them that they're, you know, they're world champions <laughs> of, of a sport. Yeah. You know, because they're so approachable and, uh, you know, the things they do when they go to these charity events and, uh, you know, meet and greet and speak to people is incredible. And, and to be true for the town, you know, we should be proud as a town to have these guys here, you know, as representing us and... Uh, you know, it's, it's again, it's where we've all got to club together and promote ourselves as much as possible. Mm. Is that just a, a symptom of, of Mansfield as a whole, do you think, Tim, that sometimes we probably don't give as much credit to the, uh, our successors as we should do? Possibly. I do think it's got a lot, what I said earlier, a lot to do with television. Because you think of, let's say, Ollie Hind and Charlotte Henshaw, mm. they, they do get much more of a profile for that. Now, is that because of the success of Rebecca Adlington? Or is it, you know, because of them doing so well in their own right? I, right, I, I don't know. I, mm. I suspect it's got something more to do with Rebecca Adlington obviously winning an Olympic gold suddenly puts the sport right at the top of everybody's uh, watchable things on television if you like swimming yeah. is on a major terrestrial channel from time to time and that makes a big difference fair play to the Birchels when he was, he was saying about you know the dangers of TT racing etc mm. I've forgotten which one of it was but he had a really bad injury not yep. so long ago came back really well and you know lot of guts to do what they do. Uh, and Paul as well, talking there, who's there, the the, uh, the white ribbon campaign that's going on, as I mentioned earlier on, Jamie Maguire and Nicky Hunt, two Stags players, also involved in that campaign, and it was important, wasn't it, for, it is important for local sportsmen to get involved in this and be a role model in that. No, definitely, I mean, there's, uh, you know, there's fans, kids that look up to these guys, and, uh, you know, as a, as a club as well, 
you know it's priority that you know we do get out get the message out there to vote because it's like anything your pop stars um you know there's trends that everybody follows and mm. uh, you know it's uh, no it's, it's great that uh, the guys and definitely the club is definitely behind these sort of things yes fantastic and well done to tom and ben Burchill for that and good luck to them in uh, 2016 yeah. it's a fantastic season for them i'm sure it will be as well now shortly tim we're going to be talking to someone who's 51 so about your age bracket <laughs> and uh, <Almost>. until the <laughs> 12th of december well you'll have something common the fact that you'll have never boxed before yeah. or gone into a boxing ring he's changing that on the 12th of December. I won't be. I, I can assure <laughs> oh, you now. Damn. Go on, Tim, I'll pay for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're going to speak to Dom Chiverton shortly, who is getting in the ring. On the, we had Steve Ward in last week, who's hoping yep. to become the world's oldest active fighter. And on the same bill, Dom is getting in the ring at the age of 51 for the first time ever. He's taking on a former British cruiserweight yeah. champion. Not starting easy, is <laughs> yeah, No, definitely not. In an exhibition match, but it's all for a good yeah. cause. It's all to raise money for charity, and we'll find out more next on Sports Talk. Mansfield 103.2 Sports with United Carpets and Beds. Visit us in store for the latest deals on flooring and beds at Mansfield Woodhouse and Kirkby and Ashfield. UnitedCarpetsandBeds.com. Sports Talk here at Mansfield 103.2 with me, Jason Harrison. Tim Morris joined in the studio by commercial manager at Mansfield Town, Paul Nyland. We'll be talking about a lot of the off the field activities of the club as well over the next coming uh, months. A busy old time coming up, and we'll talk more about that shortly. But let's get in the uh, boxing ring, shall we? Uh, last week we heard from Steve Ward, a Mansfield boxer at the age of 59, hoping to get back his title as world's oldest active fighter next month. Also on the bill in Shybrook on the 12th of December is Dom Chiverton, a local 51-year-old man who'll be entering the ring for the first time in his life. It's all for a good cause, but Tom, but Dom told me uh, it's raised a few eyebrows. My wife does think I'm crazy uh, and, you know, both both my sons, who they've actually been boxers, the, uh, especially my older son, he turned around and says, I think your boat's past there, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> I says, oh, no, I says, but it's, it's, in, it's in a good Cause. I mean, I, I've always liked boxing. Uh, I mean, I've, I've followed my lads from when they were, you know, young teenagers in the amateur scene until, you know, both of them actually turned professional. Um, you know, I, and I've always had a, like an affinity for, you know, watching boxing, going and seeing people, you know, contest one to one. It's just something that I'd always wanted to do, but, you know, never really got round to it. Yeah, well, I, when I saw the name Chiverton, I did sort of think whether there were relations in the boxing trade. So, so you've definitely come from a family of boxers, although it's the other way around, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's just the opposite way around. You know, I never boxed, but my sons did. Um, but yeah, to be honest, I'm I'm really looking forward to it. You know, it's 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 something. It's a challenge. Mm. It's a challenge for me. I mean, especially for my fitness, etc. But yeah, yeah, it's, I'm looking forward to it. And so it's an exhibition match which takes place on December the 12th at the Kissing Gate in Shybrook. Same bill as Steve Ward when he's trying to become the world's oldest active fighter. So you're not the oldest man on the bill, which is surprising, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's it. And I believe you me, I've been, I've been taking some secret tips off of Steve. He's been, <laughs> sh he's been showing me a few tips. He says on how to, how to deal with Shane uh, on the night. So, you know... Watch out for them. Yeah, you mentioned Shane there, of course. You, you're not just gone for any old guy. You haven't just pulled a guy off the street here, have you? You've brought in a former cruiserweight British champion to oh, fight. That That's thanks to uh, Roger Brotherhood. Uh, I mean, because originally when I, I spoke to him, you know, he actually paused a bit and said, you know, oh, f is it your lads who are going to be boxing? <laughs> and I says, no, me. <laughs> and he says, well, you know what, why not? 
come down and see me and we'll go from there you know um when i spoke to him um you know he, he turned around and said let me think about it this is what this is what it's got to be you've got to come down you've got to train you know you've got to train five days a week six days a week you've got to do a bit of your own training as well because obviously end of day when you get in there dom you, you've got to be fit mm -hmm. because you know it's it's no mugs game and uh i come back i met him a couple of weeks later and he just turned around and said to me you know do you really want to stand on the other side of the ring and there's a chap who wants to you know really have a go at you or would you want to you know do a bit of an exhibition match with a uh, you know with a professional mm. and i says that second one sounds good <laughs> <laughs> we'll take it steady with me with a bit of luck mm. and he just turned around and says look you know you're still going to get it you've still got to be fit you've mm. still got to commit to the training and what have you and uh, he says i'll you know basically he said that i'll offer you all the facilities for training and getting yourself fit. that's at the body and soul gym, yeah that's a body and soul gym yeah mm. and uh you know if you commit to it give me give me a couple of weeks or so he says because i'm going away and he says and i'll i'll come back to you and then the next thing i know he come back to me and he says i've got somebody for you <laughs> <laughs> and he says, it's mike tyson <laughs> <laughs> and he says shane mcphilbin former crew british cruiserweight champion and i just looked at him i went bang on <laughs> I'm, I'm up for that roger definitely yeah. because we've been uh, talking off air about uh, you've gone from being a, a driver driving 12 13 hours a day which is a pretty sedentary lifestyle isn't it? there's not a lot of activity in that shall we say uh, to uh, what you're doing now in the past seven or eight weeks has it has it been a huge change to the system oh yeah definitely i mean uh, the, the driving job that I do is it's pretty physical, like, you know, because I'm delivering to shops, you know, on a regular basis. Oh, you don't just sit there. You, no, you don't carry, just sit you there. things about as yeah, well. Lugging lug lug around 20 tonnes of <laughs> food and stock and what have you, yeah. But no, it, it certainly is on the fitness side, is that um, I, I've had to test myself and my resolve to, uh, to get through it at times, first off, when I first started. But I, I'm definitely getting better, definitely getting fitter, and I, you know, I'm getting ready for this, uh, you know, fight on the 12th of December. <laughs> <laughs> the former British cruiserweight champion, uh, and as we say, the simple fact is you're doing it for for a work colleague who has has, has got has got cancer, and you, I think the the point you're trying to make here is look, a few minutes of discomfort in the ring is nothing compared to what he's going through, and you want to help him uh, make his life and the life of his his young family a lot better. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, you know, Matt. Uh, Matt Morton, who I'm, who I'm actually doing it for, you know, he's suffered from cancer um, twice over the last six years. I mean, it's bad enough for somebody to go through this, you know, the hell that he's going through at this moment in time once, but to go through it a second time, you know, it, it's it's just not doesn't worth bear thinking about. Um, I mean, I know I know he's struggling, and I just thought to myself, you know what, I'm going to try and raise him some money. Mm. Try and raise him some money for Christmas so it makes it Christmas a little bit better for him or, you know, or as good as it can be for him. And, uh, you know, a, f a few knocks here and there is not going to, you know, not not going to hurt me. Mm. I'm not, uh, I'm not frightened, Shane. <laughs> There we go. That's uh, Dom Chiverton against uh, Shane, Mr. Block McPhilbin. <laughs> His first ever fight. It will be an exhibition fight of three rounds. 
Does that feel any better for you, Tim, the fact it's three rounds against a former British cruiserweight champion? No. <laughs> I'll be honest, if it's three minutes would be too long, never mind, never mind three times three minutes. But it so is all like, to raise money for Macmillan Cancer fantastic support and for his colleague as well. Fair play to him, that's right. Mm. Yeah, it's a great thing to do and we, we hope he raises as much money as he can. I just, if, he, if I was him, I'd just run around the <laughs> ring, I think, for, for nine minutes. Yeah. You can get more details from Dom's uh, Facebook page. Just put Dominic Chiverton into Facebook. There's also a Just Giving site as well and we'll put the links on the, page, uh, on the podcast page uh, when tonight's show goes up on the web. What's your thoughts on it, Paul? Uh, rather than him than, uh, than you, I think? No, nah, I'll take my hat off to him. I mean, uh, good on the guy. You know, he's doing it for a cause. And, uh, you know, I, I wish him all the best. Hope he enjoys the experience. <laughs> I hope he doesn't get hit. Um, but, uh, no, enjoy the moment and uh, well done. Good on I, you. I think he said that we were talking about entrance music in the other part yeah. of the interview. We'll put the full interview up on the internet uh, after the show. And he says, I'm thinking of uh, going into the Rocky theme tune and then just as he walks into the ring, Help by the Beatles. Yeah. <laughs> Which I is like just it, yeah. perfect, <laughs> isn't it, for it. But it's, uh, I've seen the clips of the shame at Philbin in action. He's... Uh, good boxer yep. a very good boxer so it's going to be interesting isn't it yeah I mean we were told last week weren't we the best thing to do is to try and learn how to take a punch and ride with it if mm. you like and so it doesn't actually hurt you too much you know it's more of a glancing blow than a full on one so hopefully he's got that sort of uh, training behind him yeah well done Dom hopefully he'll learn, he'll learn lots of money from it as well and get a lot of money for that great cause but meanwhile in the professional arena there's a massive fight this weekend as Tyson Fury takes on Vladimir Klitschko in Dusseldorf in their heavyweight title bout Colin Besley had a chance to speak to Nottingham's former world champion Carl Frotch about it, but first asked him about uh, getting an MBE from the Duke of Cambridge at Buckingham Palace earlier this month. No, it was fantastic actually going to the Palace. The security check outside, we all jumped out the car and um, got our shirts and ties on, so it was late, me and my brother, we didn't want to crease our shirts, so we jumped out. <laughs> we was in skins outside the Palace while the police were checking the car for um, or doing their security checks under the car and in the boot and etc. So a lot of people, so that was pandemonium. Then we got inside and you know, even just down to the Grenadier Guards and the, the armed guards and the, the suits of armours, the shiny plated armours and the swords of carry, it's just fascinating to be around. The palace it really is an amazing place. I'm I'm a big fan of the realm and um, no, it was um, it really was an honour and a humbling experience to, to speak to the future king and um, receive my MBA. Uh, obviously, talking about boxing generally, though, it's quite an exciting time for the sport. We've had the Anthony Crawler fight recently. Um, how big, in terms of excitement, is obviously people get excited about the heavyweight bouts. How big is this this fight coming up at the weekend? This is very exciting. Um, Klitschko Fury is interesting as much as it is exciting um, because you just never know, do you, in boxing? It's a two-horse race. Um, and one thing Fury's got that a lot of Klitschko's previous opponents didn't is size and height and reach and range. And Klitschko um, may just struggle with that if Fury takes it to him early. So, what are some of the main challenges about fighting someone much bigger than you? Because he's six foot nine, isn't he? He's six nine. Um, Fury, we're talking about. Yes. I've got him down as six, 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 seven. He's six nine, so he's even more of a giant than what I thought. Um, and I've spent quite a few months of him as well training for the um, for my first world title fight against Jean Pascal in Ireland. Um, we were training out there for probably six to eight weeks. Um, He's a big lump of a machine, he really is, and, and he is a machine because he's, he doesn't look as physically athletic as somebody like Anthony Joshua, but, you know, don't let that deceive you because he is an athlete and he's, um, he's a big strong, but he's also rough and tough man, and I think he needs to use his roughness and his toughness against Klitschko, and he needs to do it early and get Klitschko on his back foot and get in close to him, obviously without walking into a shot. And he's quite sort of unpredictable, isn't he? Both, both in, in the ring and generally. 
yeah, you never know what you're going to get with him. He's, he really is a mixed bag of tricks. And um, I think that mindset and that demeanour that he comes to, that attitude he brings into the ring, may just work to his advantage. And conversely, Klitschko is very sort of clinical, isn't he, in, in his sort of style? Yeah, technical, textbook, left, right, left, right hook. He's, um, he's not going to show you any new moves that you, you can't pull out the Queensbury book, but... Um, he does it so effectively, um, and for him, it's just all about winning. Um, he's, he's not worried about impressing the crowd or, or um, you know, doing anything different to, to get people excited about the sport and, and wowing anybody. He just wants to get in there, get the job done, and go home with his uh, with his straight nose. And Klitschko not been beaten for such a long time, but Fury very confident that he can do the job. Well, Klitschko's not been anyone with anyone as big and as heavy as Fury for a long time either. You know, and, and somebody who's, if he has fought anybody big and heavy, they've not really been capable or willing because then they're just not good enough. Fury brings a whole new dimension now of late and late on Klitschko's career at 39 years old, a young, hungry, big, strong, rough, tough guy like Klitsch, um, Fury really does um, pose a, quite a few problems. So Klitschko needs to be on his A game if he thinks he's just going to turn up and put on a boxing masterclass. I can't see that happening. So if Tyson Fury were to speak to you and say, you know, can, can you give me some advice? What, what, what do I need to do to beat in, this guy? What he needs to do is get in his face, get up close and personal. I mean, don't he's never going to bully Klitschko because he's big and strong and knows what he's doing, but try and bully him. Try and back him up. Try and scare him. Get in his face. Um, stick the head in. I'm not saying break the rules, but let the referee sort the job out. Let the referee break, um, sort, you know, if you're, if you're fouling. But, you know, drop the head in on his chest when you can. Um, on the blind side of the referee, you know, you accidentally hit him low. I mean, I'm not saying cheat by no means because you can't cheat, but it's a fight. And sometimes, you know, to get under somebody's skin early, you've got to rough them up and let them know they're in a fight and then you're in control. So Fury needs to take control of the fight and really unsettle Klitschko as, as much as he can, as early as he can. Carl Froch, MBE, talking about the big fight this weekend. Tyson Fury taking on uh, Vladimir Klitschko. You can't see past Klitschko, can you, Tim, at the yes. moment? Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. Yeah, you you listen think to Fury, Fury. I know Fury talks a good game, you know, but he has said he he's very serious about it and he is going to go for it from the uh, very first bell, which is what most people who come mm. up against Klitschko don't do. So you, you never know. There is just a slight chance. Absolutely. But yeah. it is Fury against Klitschko tomorrow. We'll let you know, of course, uh, later on in the weekend how that goes on. This is Sports Talk here on Mansfield 103.2. And when we come back, we'll start talking stags and we'll talk a little bit about what's happening uh, behind the scenes uh, with commercial manager Paul Nyland. We'll also look back at the week that was for the stags that included a win and a defeat for Adam Murray's men. Mansfield 103.2 Sports with United Carpets and Beds. Visit us in store for the latest deals on flooring and beds at Mansfield Woodhouse and Kirkby and Ashfield. UnitedCarpetsandBeds.com. Yes, Sports Talk here on Mansfield 103.2. I'm Jason Harrison. Tim Morris uh, in the studio. Getting threatening with the weather. Getting very, very <laughs> you know, protective of it, isn't he? Well, yeah, we'll have to find out. You'll see if he gets protective of the Sports Talk predictor <laughs> later on when Trevor, who had a bad week, it's all getting very tight, isn't it now? Yeah, as predicted. As predicted by Tim many months ago. Yep. Oh, it's all coming well, and indeed. Right, let's talk about stags, shall we? Uh, Paul Nyland, commercial manager, is in with us, Paul, and later on we'll talk about uh, events on the pitch, but we'll talk off the pitch, because this is the busiest time... Is this the busiest time of the year for you? Because it's Christmas coming up, so there's a lot of stuff happening now, isn't there, for you? Yeah, it's, there's there's a lot of stuff happening, to, to be fair. Um, we've sold out of nearly everything, so we, which is great. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, we've got to take that Jersey Boys on tomorrow. Um, then we've got an ABBA tribute next weekend. Mm. 
then we've got uh, Complete Madness, and then the following week, and then we've got to Michael Bublé tribute and uh, Peter Kay tribute. So week in, week out, we've got things rolling, and uh, every single one of them sold out, which yeah. is which is great. You know, it's uh, the you know the, the jobs have been done well. We've obviously had Christmas out there since last January. <laughs> I'm already going into meetings now, ready for January to announce what we've got for 2016 Christmas. So it's always like that. It's, uh, does the mind get a little bit frazzled at times when you have to try and think so far ahead like that? No, no, because it's uh, obviously planning that far ahead. It, it's, it's good to know it's one big one box ticked off. So mm. uh, and then at least then we know because obviously during the whole year there's plenty of other things happening or you know what we what we want to happen. So it's just one box ticked right that's out there let's work on something else now and uh, you know because at the end of the day we, you know we want Mansfield Town Football Club not only to be great on the pitch we want it to be great off the pitch we want it to be the centre hub of the town mm. you know where we've got all these events running and people are coming to the club not just to watch football but to have a good time yeah I mean when we've talked to you in the past you say the, the aim has been to try and get at least one event on a week to try and you know keep people going there as well and you, you seem to be getting that going now yeah no we, uh, we, we have obviously in the Sandy Pay Sports Bar that opens seven days a week now uh, you know, serves fantastic meals during the day. Um, we're now open breakfast Thursdays, Fridays, and Saturdays as well. Um, Friday nights we have a live music band. We've got a friend of yours, yep. John Lomas. John Lomas yep. uh, <laughs> his, of course, yeah. His yep. band there playing tonight. There, it's for free entry. The start at nine o'clock. Verbal warning, by yep. the way. Too. Yep. Yep. So, uh, uh, so week in, week out, we've got live bands, live artists playing. I think the week before Christmas, we've got a meatloaf tribute playing there. Again, it's free entry to go in. Yeah. Um, Monday nights we have the excellent evenings with with uh, Mark Stevenson, um, with uh, either a current player or an, an ex-player that are really doing really well. Um, on Wednesdays down there we have there's the poker being there. We have the classic car club that not a lot of people are knowing about, but we have the classic car club down there with uh, showing them some of their uh, motors off from many years ago. So there's always something now mm. happening, and uh, you know obviously. Besides me selling advertising boards, sponsorship, hospitality, my other aim is to get people there during the week um, with events. Uh, we've just obviously we've just uh, released information. We've got no no Oasis Oasis number one UK's number one Oasis tribute back again. I mean that was a phenomenal success when we had them here a couple of months ago. Um, we're there there here last game of the season, and then we've got the Stereophonics number one uh, UK tribute playing in March. And then we've got a couple of other really great tribute nights happening that we'll be releasing details and also right. some great shows as well coming along. So mm. now we've got this, obviously, we've got this brand new room as well, the 1861 suite, um, which is probably in, in the town centre is probably the biggest room around, really, in the town centre for people to use for weddings, corporate events or anything. So it gives me a lot bigger chance to, you know, ex extend the budget a bit and bring in the bigger, bigger better bands and in, bigger uh, things, shows yeah. in. And, uh, you know, so, you know, and that, that's what our aim is. You know, we want to be the number one hub in town for entertainment and bringing these bigger shows in. You know, we've got an excellent relationship with uh, Mansfield Scooter Club. who do, do, They've just released uh, dates of their Stags Fest 2. Um, that's happening in May. So, you know, there's a lot of things going on. We work with Framework doing the, the, the homeless... Uh, raising money for the homeless there I think that's going the big snow the, the big, big snow that's yeah. right so you know there, there's a lot of things that we are all trying you know and it's not just myself you know mm. Paul and Tina the other operation direct stadium directors they get involved with a lot of things as well you know helping trying to promote the club and getting it to where where we you know where the club needs to be so mm. it's great having a great 
doing well on the pitch but we want it to do great off the pitch as well because that's how our football club survives and that's how we all move forward mm. you know as a club and it helps the chairman out it helps the manager out you know because there's money then going into the club and hopefully you know that day when we are playing in the championship it's amazing isn't it Tim when you think back 10 years or so uh, and what's happening now off oh. the pitch compared to 10 years ago and the events that are happening. I mean, yeah. Phil Mill, as it was then, it was dead all week, wasn't it? It was only a game yeah. was played and that was it. Well, that's right. Nobody went up there, did it? And it was, now it, it is a community club. I know I keep banging on about it week in, week out. Going back to when I first met Paul, what seems now many, many moons <laughs> ago, it was an anti-community club, isn't yeah. it? And let's be honest, it was. There was no, no doubt about it. The people or the person in charge at that time didn't want the community to get involved that was you know people used to go to him with ideas and he'd, he'd turn them back because he didn't want them yeah. involved it's just complete yeah. opposite now no that's it and it's also you know i mean we've got such passionate supporters and sponsors that you know that get involved with the club yeah. and you know it's working with them so i've had some great ideas you know from us having the stage set up that had been kindly donated to us from mansfield mobility um gary Hagen there that helps us week in week out setting the stage up putting the lights up so we can have that professional look mm. within the ground and it's it's everybody working together and that, that's that's the big thing and you know obviously don't forget let's not forget about football and the community the great work that they do as well you know going around the schools sending the message out of the football club and everything else and uh, you know don't get me wrong it doesn't happen overnight but everybody working together we've got this great club and we we just move forward all together. And as I say, big things will uh, will happen off the field, you know. And we will work and get better bands, better you know, big shows on. And you know, the legend of darts proves. You know, when you've got ex world champions like Eric Bristow and John Lowe in the same room, yes. and we That's sell out tickets in ten days. Mm. There's an yeah. audience. There is. There is. There are people out there, aren't there? And they will come and exactly, and, exactly. and pay the money yeah, if you yeah. put on no, something exactly. that's well, good we've enough. Ju- we've, yeah. ju- we've just literally had an excellent night with Steve Kinden. Hmm. You know, and a lot of people will say who. But, you know, the, the guy was absolutely... Comedian, isn't he? Yeah, he mm. played yeah. football, played yeah. for Wolves, Burnley, Burnley yeah. Huddersfield, and, you know, he is ranked as one of the best uh, sportsmen's, you know... After dinner speech, whatever you call it, yeah. yeah. Right. And, you know, we, we had him there, and I, I, we had over 130 people there, and it was an absolutely fantastic night. Yeah. So, again, it's other things that we are looking in to build the club and move forward with these sort of events. And, so what's, uh, what's your ultimate... What would your dream thing be, then? What, I mean, what's your vision? What would you like to see at the club? in say two or three years time where would you like it to be uh, playing against liverpool man united <laughs> aston villa um, not on the pitch off the pitch, right, off the pitch. <laughs> well th- obviously for everybody in the community just basically come into the w- one core stadium and enjoying it and for us to be known that um, you know because that then makes my job easier um you know when we for everybody just to be able to pass the message on and um you know see what we've got on at the club and uh, you know we are trying i mean everybody at the club works stupid hours to, to you know get things done at the club and you know to move things forward and uh, you know as i say we you know it'd be great for us again to have them um, you know a big another big night day night here where we've got one of you know i'm trying to think of a band here now queen or you know <laughs> oh, you two sure or somebody <laughs> like that playing at the justin one call. bieber there you go no, 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 no. little mix there yeah, we go let's uh you know let's i mean it'd be great to have those sort of events running at the club again mm. but i say you know what we've got here and um for how we are moving forward and we are looking outside the box to bring different type of entertainment to the club you know all we want is people in Mansfield and the fans to grace it and 
you know, come and enjoy themselves here. For people who haven't been, the new suite is really big. I mean, I only went into it the last but one home game and walked through it. Yeah, you know, no, it takes you forever to walk through it's it. Fantastic. It's fantastic. Yeah, he's, he's fantastic, and it's uh, twice as big as a as, as an old suite, yeah. and uh, you know, a, a lot bigger bar, and it's, it's great for weddings, conferences, and uh, you know, we, we, I believe there's a Christmas fair there on this Sunday, mm. um, which we know is going to get absolutely packed out, mm. and you know, it's just events that we wouldn't have been able to put on before where we, we now can put them on um you know we can have our annual dinner awards now at the club and uh, you know we, we there's just so much that the club we can offer now local businesses groups and everything else and all we say is you know pop down come and have a look at it and uh, you know come and support your local club it's so it's so important isn't it tim now the, the off the field stuff for a club to survive or to grow you can't just you rely can't. on the football product anymore can you, can't. you no he's got to it's be, just physically it's, impossible it's got to be a seven day a week operation to bring money in every day of the week you know we all know and we all moan about you know what at the moment was it two and a half to three thousand core home fans mm. that's not going to pay to move the club forward You've got to do all the things as we are doing. It was interesting to read in the programme, wasn't it, about a bit of progress off the pitch on, on Tuesday night about the training um, centre, you know, works and start on that and the, the much-awaited uh, scoreboard plans are being put in place to put that up, you know. So things are moving all the time. Yeah, it's great to hear as well, and we'll talk more as well about what's coming up with Paul Nyland very shortly. But we'll, look, we'll now concentrate on the things that have been happening on the pitch uh, after this short break. We'll look back at uh, two games of mixed emotions, and we'll also, later on, we heard uh, Paul talk a little bit about the evening with. We'll hear a bit uh, from the Kevin Randall night from a couple of weeks ago. I mean, they had a real legend this week with Rod Arnold, but Kevin Randall equally, as well, yep. uh, equally a legend, isn't he, as Definitely, well? Definitely, yeah. And it was great to hear him uh, speak about his time at the club. We'll hear that shortly here on this Sports Talk programme on this Friday night. So this this is uh, Sports Talk. The time is 6.18 and we're back shortly. Mansfield 103.2 Sports with United Carpets and Beds. Visit us in store for the latest deals on flooring and beds at Mansfield Woodhouse and Kirkby and Ashfield. UnitedCarpetsandBeds.com Sports Talk here on Mansfield 103.2. There myself, Tim Morris and uh, Jason Harrison as well. I've, I've, I've said that I'm you there and you're me. <laughs> oh dear. Oh dear, that's a, quite a worry, isn't yeah. it? But Paul Nyland <laughs> is certainly Paul Nyland anyway. Uh, Mansfield Town Commercial Manager. So let's speak with him very uh, soon about more stuff that's going on uh, at the club but let's uh, concentrate on things that are happening on the pitch shall we a week of mixed emotions for Mansfield two games of massive different fortunes on Tuesday at home to Exeter and before that an excellent performance to beat visitors Hartlepool Thomas ball into the box and can they score they have it's a goal and look who it is it's Matt Green Matt Green ends Mansfield it was a bit of a scruffy goal, and it's just the sort of goal we said he needed. They all count, and that's the cry in response from the Snakes faithful. Free kick to Hartlepool United. Gray now puts it in. Deep, very deep. Oh, and it's chaos, and oh, it's an own no. goal. I think he came off Pierce last. Did. Headed towards Pierce by Blair Adams. Completely deceiving Brian Jensen. Oh, what a shot it's in! What a shot by Adi Youssef, who has come on. ball down, turned, it is swivelled, it's hit it straight into the top corner, we've got no other thought than having a strike at goal and what a strike. Matty Blair collects, 15 yards from the Hartlepool dead ball line, back in towards Blair Adams, good defensive work by Hartlepool, still those stags applying the pressure here, Clements now to Collins, well forward, Collins in towards uh, Youssef, and Green, yes, yeah! it's there, a wonderful goal, a superb goal by Mansfield 
Ireland, Blair Adams, Matty Blair and the architect Adi Youssef. Surely now the points are in the bag for the Stags. Mansfield Town 3, Harlepool United 1 is the full-time score here. The focus now goes on to Tuesday. It's a great win, great performance and good goals. But we, we want another one Tuesday. Stags have the chance here to claim back-to-back home wins for the first time this season and cement their place in the playoffs during the process. Mansfield Town now are entering the field of play in traditional colours. Exeter City in customary colours also. Ball played into the Mansfield area and it's slammed into the back of the net there. And it's Grant who's got the goal. Stags undone. A ball coming down the Mansfield right. A good cross into the penalty area. And he slammed it into the roof of Brian Jensen's net to give Exeter City a 1-0 advantage. That's a nice turn of pace by Grant. He's into the penalty area. Holmes will shoot into the back of the net. And Lee Holmes, the boy from Mansfield, has scored for Exeter City on his return to his hometown. Holmes finished with a plum full-time at the One Call Stadium. Mansfield Town nil, Exeter City 2. Probably the worst performance, especially first half, that I've had in the year in charge. Um, it got started, it looked naive. Um, and it looked a chore to play football tonight. So, Tim, how do you sum up the last seven days, then? Chalk and cheese. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, yeah. But at the end of it, I'm still quite confident. You know, we, we've had one bad performance this season, mm. or probably two, because I think Accrington away wasn't so good as well. You know, which isn't bad when we're almost in, almost in December. We've only had one game, and that was Tuesday night, where we didn't really create much going forward and look like scoring and play the decent, really good football on the pitch passing that we've seen for the rest of the season. Mm. We, we, you know, they're entitled to one bad day. Uh, yeah, but I know I'm going to be devil's advocate yep. here and say what some of the fans are saying. Home, res- home results have home, to be better. That, that is, for me, that's Adam Murray's biggest problem. He's got two big problems, aren't he? Scoring more goals and, as you say, home in the last season as well as this season, mm. for some reason, he, he's not so attack-minded. Now, I, I've said all season we're set up better to play away from home because we can play with pace on the break, having soaked up pressure, doing a bit like Exeter did to us, if you like. And uh, there's so many teams throughout the Football League and the Premier, Premier League now who seem to play better away from home mm. than they do at home. You look at the likes of West Ham, whatever, you know, surprise packets towards the top of the table up there. They're doing it on their away form, mm. not the home form. Was it a coincidence the fact that uh, Stags did so well against Hartlepool? Because Hartlepool did come and, and give it a go, didn't it they? A, they're, they're probably yes. the, the first side for a long time that have come to the Wonka Stadium and give it a go. Definitely helped. There's far more space to play with. As you say, it wasn't so tight at the back. They didn't pack the defence. But the only, to be fair, Exeter didn't really pack the defence. They were just very clever. Wherever the ball was, they, they packed that area and overloaded, to use Adam Murray's phrase, and outnumbered us. Mm. Also, you, we played really well Saturday, but we had the space to play in, and Nathan Thomas was key on Saturday. He was all right, he was up against not a regular fullback, and for some reason Hartlepool left him exposed, but he cashed in on that big time. It was noticeable, noticeable for me Tuesday night, he got a really heavy tackle, shall we say, in inverted commas, in the first minute Tuesday night, and that clearly affected his game. Now, whether or not he got picked up an injury, or whether or not it just psychologically knocked him back if you like mm. we, we struggled from then on and the other stat that, that has been banded around a lot on the message boards is, uh, is about how the sides that Mansfield Town have beaten so far this year Bottom the stat half, is yeah. that Mansfield haven't beaten a side that are above 14th in the table yet this season yeah. 
is that something to be worried about or is that just a case uh, symptomatic of the, the, the part of the season that Mansfield are in and just look we're eighth you got us that in the end that's all that matters that's, at this moment yeah. in time it doesn't matter who you beat if you're eighth you're eighth yeah for me at the moment that's all that matters and if you ca- carry on beating teams below you and in the bottom half we'll get, <laughs> you'll we'll be in the top half aren't you? We, exactly we'll yeah. be in the top half towards the edge of the playoffs yeah. so it doesn't really matter and you think back to say, the Plymouth game we, we could have beaten them indeed yeah, there could have been know. wins definitely that's right yeah it's not like we've been hanging on in those games against, against the better teams mm. I think people sometimes overanalyze don't they you know let's just enjoy the fact you know two years ago three years ago where were we mm. non-league football we'd have you know snapped your hand off to be where we are now and in league two you know high up in league two and in enjoying ourselves just just enjoy it well, do you feel as sometimes that the that adams is worst enemy on that because after saturday it was a fantastic performance and he he focused on one fan that had said something that negative did, to him at yeah, half time and he made that a focal point and yeah. that sort of brought it down a little bit yeah definitely that that really surprised me i don't i don't know why I did that clearly he was angry about it and mm. who, who wouldn't be yeah but he must know that, and he said so himself. You know, the vast, vast majority of fans appreciate what he's doing for the club, appreciate the style of football they're playing, and, and before up to Tuesday night, were being entertained. I, it was a strange thing to focus on the negative because I know clearly he's somebody who likes to focus on the positive and look. You know, your glass is half full, not half empty. Mm. But he was clearly riled, riled by that individual. He's also getting a lot of stick, if you like, for changing the team Tuesday night from the from the team that won on Saturday. Well, Exeter made five changes from the team that won at Plymouth. Mm. So, you know, these, these things happen in football. You know, he, he focuses an awful lot on the opposition, I know, but we've praised him this season because he, he looks for that extra half an inch, if you like, doesn't he, just to try and half a percent, just to be better than the opposition. Clearly, some people are saying he's doing that too much, but we're eighth. So he must be doing a decent job. I also thought we had a, a bit of a secret weapon as well on Saturday. Uh, the the Alan Wilson, yeah. who does the tannoys, <laughs> doesn't he? Because, of course, he sort of seems to take everybody's eye off the ball when Adi Yusuf scored. Right, this yeah. was the moment we managed to record it uh, <laughs> off-air, is what we call it. And this is what happened on Saturday. This is real time. <laughs> oh, what a shot he's in! What a shot by Adi Youssef, who has come on just only a minute so there you go. Alan Wilson with the assist for the right, abusive yeah. goal because everybody was stumbling over pronouncing the name and bang the ball's in the back of the net so, <laughs> didn't yeah. he do it Tuesday got everything perfectly right and the Stags yeah. lose so, I think yeah. we found something here in future definitely just allow him to just <laughs> interject you know, when, we get, when we get near to the penalty area yeah. Oh, uh, cracking job Alan does uh, Paul and if you make a mistake you've got thousands of people listening haven't you and <laughs> Well, unfortunately, you know, it is all in real time as well, so, uh, <laughs> but no, Alan does a fantastic job, again, another volunteer at the club that, uh, you know, he's been there, I think he's been there a well, hell of a lot longer than, than the stands yeah, and everything else, hasn't he, so, yeah. but no, he, again, the guy loves the club, he loves what he does, so, you know, and as a club, you know, we, we love him for doing it. <laughs> and talking about the week as well, it's, it's all a case of, look, where we are in the table at the moment, surely, isn't it? Eighth in the table, I think, Stags fans, surely in the summer would have snapped your hand off he just said look you're coming up to December eighth in the table no it's cracking position you know it's uh you know the, the points that splits us from eighth to is it fourth is nothing mm. really and uh, you know to be in this position that we are uh you know it's cracking and Adam's done a great job you know the lads have done a great job 
and uh, you know we just got we just got to keep on looking looking forward to the games ahead and you know the style of football as you said the style of football we're playing now is fantastic you know you know you would go home and away with them and uh, you know it, some of the passing and the flow of game that we're, we're playing now is just uh, you know it's what everybody wanted and we've got it now so you know the, Adam's always said it there's going to be good games days there's going to be bad yep. days you know and the thing is we've just got to all stick together and uh, you know and enjoy it and get behind the lads because that's the biggest thing you know get get behind the lads let's be that 12th man and uh, give Adam all the support and the lads all the support because they do I mean the players have told me you know when that, when that crowd yep. starts you know getting behind them they, they feel the you know the, the, the theirs on their arms yep. go and you know they know they've got them behind them and everything mm. else so that's all we've got to do let's just keep on getting behind them and the resu- results will come because the, the way we're playing at the moment is superb and everybody has an off day and uh, you know unfortunately Tuesday was one of those off days but the thing is we, we pick ourselves back up again and you know we take three points off a of Barnet and we move forward yeah exclusive Sorry. commentary of that game tomorrow by the way say, yeah, Paul's dead right you look at the confidence for the third goal on Saturday the crowd are right behind them so we were two one up and all of a sudden you got that lovely passing movement for yeah. the third goal no. because they were confident and because they got everybody behind them yeah well let's hope that it's uh, more of a win than a loss tomorrow shall we say for Mansell Town away at Barnet exclusive commentary of course here on Mansell 103.2 Saturday Sport uh, tomorrow from one when we come back we'll have this week's uh, weekly prize draw we'll also hear from Kevin Randall Stags legend who was at the recent evening with events we'll have all that next Mansfield 103.2 Sports with United Carpets and Beds. Visit us in store for the latest deals on flooring and beds at Mansfield Woodhouse and Kirkby and Ashfield. UnitedCarpetsandBeds.com Sports Talk here on Mansfield 103.2 with me, Jason Harris and Tim Morris. We've got it the right way round this time, Tim. <laughs> and I know who I am and I now know who you are as well. So who are you? I don't know. No more. But I do know Paul Nyland's here for us as well, commercial manager at Mansell Town. But let's go through this week's Mansell Town weekly prize draw results sponsored by Mansell Mobility Centre. These are this week's winners. Don't forget you can get the full list of winners on the club's official website, mansfieldtown.net. Bottle of wine from Mansfield Man Hotel goes to 733, that's Woody. Bottle of wine for the Mansfield Mobility Centre, 1093, that's WAD, or W-A-D. Uh, free round of golf for one person at Mansfield Golf Club, 9114, David Welsh. Mansfield Town Football in the Community Voucher, 1036, Lindsay Hill. Family Pass Water Meadows in Mansfield, 2012, that's Nick Butler. A meal voucher to the value of £15 at the Black Bull in Mansfield 929 Dale Cornell Milford 2 at the Railway Inn in Mansfield 1079 that's Gonars at G-O-N-A-R-S Gallon of beer, which is eight pints, at the King's Arms pop in in Mansfield. 2131, that's Scott Walker. Two tickets for Southwell Racers goes to ticket number 34, Brian Evans. £10 Indian Mint Mill voucher goes to the Mint Indian Restaurant in Mansfield. 911, Colin Patterson. Sunday Roast for two with a bottle of wine at the Archer in Rainworth. Uh, that's gone to number eight, Mark Singleton. The Tim Morris Prize, which is Sunday lunch, two courses for two people at the Lakeside in Plesley. 2046, Kira Lowe. Well done, Kira. £20 meal voucher in the Crown and Anchor Bar and Restaurant in Mansfield. I think this is the first, Tim. A dog's won it. <laughs> Ticket number 987, Ruby okay. the dog. Now, will they allow a dog in, do you think? 
Um, we, we're told so. Oh, yeah. well, there we go. Well done, Ruby. Yep. Well what done. Next to cut next week. Twenty-five pound <laughs> uh, voucher, Frankie and Benny's two zero six eight. John H. Move for two voucher in the Sandy Pate Sports Bar one zero eight five. That's Casper with a K. Two match day tickets at nine oh nine. That's Mr M. Well done, Mr M. And first prize this week one hundred seventy-five pounds goes to two one six zero two one six zero. And that is Trev Hitchcock. Well done, Trev. To claim your prizes, simply call in at the Stags ticket office, or you can call oh one six. 4824824822 tell your own regular number and play automatically from just £1 a week just to remind you if you go and claim your prize at the Stag Ticket Office you must have your winning tickets with you uh, when you go there that's the Mansfield Town Weekly Prize Draw Results sponsored this week by the Mansfield Mobility Centre can't believe Porn Island that I think we're into the uh, is it fourth week fourth year of uh, the, so, the yeah, weekly yeah. prize draw. It has been going so long now, yeah, hasn't no, it? Definitely, definitely. You remember when it first came about? Yeah, it's great. You know, it gets everybody together, and uh, you know it, the local businesses join in as well, and uh, you know it's it's, um, it's sort of summit, giving something back, and uh, you know whenever you're down in the Sandy Pay Bar. By all means, you can always buy a ticket, and uh, you never know what that ticket could get you. And the lottery's still going strong as well for yeah, you, the, isn't it? The lotto uh, online's doing really well as well. I think there's been uh, not as big as the Euro draws, but uh, I think uh, I think it was up to about twenty-four million pound. I think for <laughs> somebody to win. So uh, I've not heard anybody from around here that's won it yet. But no, uh, no it's, it's it's great. Excellent. And of course, you got that prize. We call it the Tim Morris Prize now. <laughs> Have you managed to eat that yet, or are you saving that for Christmas? We're saving that, yeah. Ah. Probably for the new year. Oh, Christ. Because at this time of the year, you know, you're, you're always out and about anyway at functions mm. and family dues, etc. So that's something to look forward to in January. Yeah, Tim doesn't win very often, do you, Tim? That's why we talk about <laughs> it a lot in this. That's you, right, yeah. you had your golf. Do you ever do your golf? Fun, yeah. Yeah? No, I, and I've won a meal at the Mint as well. So, yeah. no, I've, I've done all right. A prize a year, it seems to have <laughs> yeah. That's pretty good. That, those odds that's are pretty right. good, to be yeah. fair. Right, let's hear from a Mansell Town legend, shall we? He was a guest at one of the Stag's recent evening with events. So, striker Kevin Randall was with the club from 1975 to 1978 so was part of the team that got promotion to the second tier of English football in 1977 and we've been talking about Alan Wilson who was on the Tannoy he was also the man asking the questions and he asked uh, Kevin about his memories of that campaign I wasn't in the team to start with and uh, you know uh, Mansfield had got a new young manager and I'd had a struggle the year before I'd not played well my dad had died suddenly and I lost my form and uh, to be honest I didn't think he would really entertain me you know I wasn't in for the first two games, which was the cup games at uh, Scunthorpe, and then I got in the first game against Preston North End. And uh, I said to my wife, I said, this could be my last season, so I'm going to give it everything I've got. And I did give everything I've got that game, and um, I stayed in the team. And of course, the highlights of uh, that season was um, the Reading game, when I was uh, fortunate enough to score four goals. I'm sure this will please you. I did go to Chesterfield on... Uh, on Boxing Day and scored in a 1-0 winner. I scored the goal in the 1-0 winner. Yes. I thought that would make you happy. <laughs> so, um, those were two highs. And then, of course, the last game at um, Wrexham, where um, the pressure was really on Wrexham because we, we were already promoted, but we didn't know we'd won the title. But just for a bit of information, it was quite interesting because I don't know why we didn't all finish on the same day. Uh, like they do now. But um, in the week, Wrexham had played um, Crystal Palace. And Wrexham had won, had not lost at home. And they played Crystal Palace, and then they were to players. Almost on full time, Wrexham had joined 2-2, and they promoted. Right on full time, 
Crystal Palace scored and made it 3-2, which meant Wrexham had to draw against us. In injury time, Crystal Palace scored again, which meant Wrexham, now under pressure, had to beat us. So they'd gone from within two minutes promoted to needing a draw to needed a win, needing a win. Of course, we weren't under pressure because we were already promoted. So they were under massive pressure and uh, you know the outcome. And say, what do you think that your partnership in attack with Ernie Moss was so prolific? Why do you think it was so prolific? Well, Ernie could do what I wasn't that good at, and I could do what he wasn't good at. And, uh, and which were those exactly? I should tell you, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, obviously we played together for Chesterfield for four years. And I like to think when he was a young boy, he got in the team and I helped him along. Because he was a struggling young lad in the early days, uh, a bit awkward looking and... Um, the crowd didn't really take to him, but anyway, anyway, we all know he came through as a great goal scorer. And um, Ernie was great in the air, and I was great at both flanks. I could get down both flanks. I could cross the ball, and if I crossed it, Ernie was usually on the end of it. And people would say to me, "How, how do you know where to cross it for Ernie? Do you look and see?" I say, "No, I just put it in a certain area, and I know Ernie will be there." And that's what happened, that's how our, uh, our relationship started. And then, um, Ernie was at Peterborough, had a nightmare time there. And they got knocked out of the cup 4-0, and we signed him here, which was great for me. And a lot of that was instrumental, uh, instrumental from Jerry Clark, who probably won't remember him, was first team coach. And of course, Jerry knew me and Ernie from Chesterfield, recommended to Peter Morris that uh, we signed him. Uh, we did, and uh, obviously we, we resumed our partnership to the extent we won the championship. How many goals did you get that season, Kevin? Can you remember? And Ernie? Well, don't upset me, because um, we kicked off the season, and I was playing really well. I was getting everything I'd got. I had to try and stay in the team. And um, I think I played about three, four games and not scored. We went to Oxford, and um, I scored two. But I picked the papers up the next morning. They'd only credited me with one. And you can't understand what that means to a strike, a goal, to everything. And from going from a, on a high, I've gone to Oxford and scored two. Picked the paper, I've only scored one. For some reason, they gave it to Terry Eccles. So uh, I was, I was really upset. I was really upset about that. You know. And I did. What's the question, though? Right? <laughs> <laughs> I said, how many goals did you score in that season with you and Ernie? I digress. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can digress as much as you want. I got uh, 19 goals, yeah. Uh, I got one in the cup. I should have had 20, obviously, but that goal, for some unknown reason, was rubbed out. I'm still upset about it now. Didn't you ever question it? Pardon? Didn't you ever question yes. it during those days? I used to say to Stan every week, I said, look, that's good. that goal is mine. Why, why, why have you credited the wrong person? Can you correct it? He said, yeah, 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 but he never did. What were the key ingredients to the success of the team in that promotion season, do you think? Was it teamwork or...? Yeah, we, um, we had a great team spirit. Um, Peter, Morris, I thought his training was brilliant. I used to love the training. Peter liked me because I could cross the ball. He always liked people who could cross the ball. And uh, he also introduced me. I'd never worn them before. I don't know, do you know the old spikes you used to wear on you? Peter introduced us all to spikes. We do our training and then, uh, right, get your spikes on, we go on the top pitch. And we do our sprints with the spikes. Now, I don't know if he made me quicker, 
But I felt quicker and I felt really fit, strong, quick that season. And a lot of it was uh, down to the spikes. That question again. <laughs> I said, "What were the key ingredients oh, yeah, the, yeah. Yeah. of the team to that promotion you know season?" You can digress as much as you like. We're just all interested. Well, I'll tell you. Uh, for one thing, goals were a key element, and there's one lad sat here now, Kevin Bird and Colin Foster between them at the back. They're both playing at the back. Remember, got almost 20 goals between them, which was apart from the defensive quarters was a massive ingredient. You know, goals. Uh, Goals winning matches, as we all know. So it was good at the bat. We had Ron Ar Rod, Rod Arnold in goal, who was a great keeper. We had the uh, creative ability of Gordon Hodgson, uh, God bless his soul, who was also a very skillful artisan. And then we got two wide men, Johnny Miller and um, uh, initially Jimmy McCaffrey, later Ian McDonald, I think it was, who could cross a good ball. And then, of course, there was me and Ernie up front, who, if we got the opportunity, we could score goals. So... I think that was a big part of it, and then the team spirit um, that we had between us. For example, it might not seem important now, but the lads, as you remember, Kev, we used to go out every Tuesday night if there was no midweek game. We'd go in a pub, we'd play darts, we'd play dominoes with the locals, we just got everybody chatting and talking. So, we were part of the community, and I think the community really enjoyed that. And of course, they came along to support us, and. Uh, well, everybody knows it was a great season, and uh, well, it was a historic season, but it's the only time we've ever done it. I mean, you hear that now with uh, Adam Murray when he comes on the radio and talks about the team spirit. Yeah. I think that's a big uh, key, the, t the team spirit, is when, you know, if you have a successful season. Yeah, well, you know, it's easy to have good team spirit when you're losing. The hard bit is uh, to have it when, you, when you're not losing, you know. And, um, funnily enough, the season before, I had had a bad time, but, um... I don't know if you remember Dave Smith, the old manager, and uh, he wasn't un universally popular with the players, but I'm still wondering why he left the club, because his last 19 games, he won 12 and drew 7, the team was unbeaten, so something must have gone off, but uh, I don't know where it was. But, just as a matter of interest, um, I was playing a away game one day, and I was thrust a piece of paper, well I signed it, and I was just going to sign it, I thought it was autographs, and it looked a bit... Uh, a bit too correct for him to be autographs. And I won't tell you the player was, but I, I said, what is it? He says, oh, uh, it's a petition to get the manager out. And I says, no, I'm not signing that. And uh, I'm proud to say I think I'm the only player who didn't sign it. But then, I'd only been at the club a few weeks, and I thought, oh, there's no way I'm going down that line. So, I don't know what the problem was with Dave Smith. I found him a nice fella. Um, sometimes his tactics didn't particularly suit my type of game, but... Uh, I was surprised he left, but he did go on to do very well, and I still speak, in fact, I phoned him a few uh, few months back and had a nice chat with him, and he's in his 80s now, but still, uh, still quite lively, and uh, a good bloke now. Kevin Randall there, speaking at the recent evening with Alan Wilson, uh, asking the question, you can get the full of it, I think it's about an hour and a, an hour and a half long, yep. the full thing, and it's on Stag's player for you as well, but some interesting stuff in there, especially the bit towards the end, the about the, the there, petition yeah. to that's, get rid of Dave Smith. That's what's so good about these uh, evening with, isn't it, because you know, even for the, the most devoted of Stag's fans, you find something new, a little snippet that you mm. never realised, and that was really interesting, what he said about he wouldn't sign the yeah. petition to get Does rid of the manager. that surprise you, because I mean, you were following the Stag's that time, that there would be that sort of rumbling going on behind the scenes? 
Yes, it did. Well, I can remember, I think I was something like 13, 14, and it was a massive shock when the news came on, I think it was the radio then, that, that he'd gone around mm. the Easter time, because we were doing so well and no, nobody could understand it. And even to, even to this day, I don't think the truth has ever come out. No. But it, it, was, it was presented, you know, years later, so all the players wanted him out, you know, and that, that was part of it. So mm. that was very interesting to hear that he wasn't. And what about Kevin Randall? He's one of those that oh, bestrode Chesterfield and Mansfield and is loved by both exactly, clubs, yeah, isn't yeah, he? like Ernie Moss as well and Paul Holland and whatever. Yeah, it, it just shows you, doesn't it? If you do really well at Mansfield, that they'll the fans will take you to your heart, their hearts rather, and you'll stay there forever no matter what happens afterwards and who you play for, etc. And, and he was part of the names he was reeling off there. Mm. brings back so many memories when he talks about Gordon Hodgson and Colin <laughs> Foster and Kevin Bird and he was right that season when they got promoted to, to League 2 so many goals from corners from set pieces from the likes of Kevin Bird and Foster it was, a, it was an amazing season and he was talking as well about the standard of crossing because Kevin Randall was a fantastic crosser yep. of the ball uh, when you watched England a couple of weeks ago and you, the, 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 the first you know you're yeah. thinking has, has crossing gone out of the game it seems to have doesn't it it's not as good as it used to be, I think. No, but it's a totally different game. You can't just look at it like that. But you, you go back to Adam Murray, one of his post-match interviews in recent weeks. He was bemoaning the fact we were fizzing the ball across the box and not quite getting on the end of it mm. on Saturday. Of course, we finally did, did get one. The first goal was, was from a decent cross, but then we didn't see any any <laughs> decent crosses Tuesday. So probably the art has gone a little bit. Certainly, we, you lose wingers. You know, there aren't as many wingers no. as there used to be. Or really good wingers, but the, the game is different. Well, you you know, don't have the big. big big tall centre forwards as much now to, to do you? The ball the ball in. Ball that's in. right yeah you're not looking to get the crosses in because they're not there and the game's different you know you, you move in clumps of players if you like around the pitch don't mm. you? you you're not just banging it down the left wing or the right wing getting the cross in quick and two centre forwards one to head it down one to knock it in the net you don't have that anymore. Yeah. Uh, Paul uh, as well, Paul Island. Uh, Alan Wilson's been texting you as well and t- he's reminded us that he's in charge again on Monday night. Mick Saxby, that'll be an interesting one, won't it, Monday yeah, night? Yeah, definitely. Mick's always got something to say. No, no definitely. We've had him upstairs in the hospitality uh, for quite a few <laughs> times as well. I think we seem to always get him when we play Luton. <laughs> so, uh... always, we always get him on for <laughs> yeah. Luton as well, don't we? <laughs> it's amazing, but it's always a great night and uh, if you go there, I think it's 7.30 it normally starts uh, at the ground an evening with and it's completely free to go in. No, Free to go in and uh, get there early. Um, enjoy a great meal before, obviously. And so you don't you don't, ha- you don't have to cook at home. <laughs> Let us do the cooking for you and the washing the pots for you. Get yeah, a good seat and enjoy a good drink. Excellent, great stuff as well. And uh, this week it was Rod Arnold. We'll be playing some of that as well in future weeks. But you can get the whole of that on Stags Player. Packed to the rafters that one on Monday. No doubt about that one at all. Right, let's get on to this one, shall we? Morris's minute moan. I don't totally agree with him. <laughs> It's just down to grief. Oh, dear. Well, she's either angry or drunk. Dear, oh dear. Why are we playing this game? We don't need to play it. Dear, dear, dear. I would throw them both out. It's obscene. It's a disgrace. Some people just moan for the sake of it. Tom Morris, Tim Morris doing what Tom. he does best. Tom as well. Tom, Tom Miris in the corner as well. Uh, let's get on with it, shall we? Whilst I get my teeth sorted out, you've got one minute to talk about something in the world of sport that has really got you angry this uh, past seven days. Yep. What is it this time, Tim? Uh, well, we're talking about managers. Is, is there any wonder that so many of our national sports often struggle to attract support from the fans, particularly the floating voters? It started with Ericsson, a man more interested in celebrity money 
and the trappings of being the manager of the English football team. Then came Capello. He was Italian. He sounded sexy. So that was all right then. What did they win between them? Nothing. In cricket, Duncan Fletcher, Trevor Bayliss have brought some success, but would that have happened anyway? Now our rugby team, on the back of, in effect, one bad defeat in the recent World Cup, well, actually, it's probably just a bad 15 or 20 minutes, have gone for an Australian, Eddie Jones, to lead them out of the so-called wilderness. Three of the biggest sports in this country, they all should have English managers. You have to be English to play for the team, you should be English to manage it. By all means, take on board the ideas, tactics and innovations of other countries, but a national team should be just that, national. A team is not just made up of players on the field of play, a team is also the manager and backroom staff. Otherwise, international competitions will just become a glorified version of our national leagues. But it happens if you haven't got the English talent? What happens if you haven't got a coach that's good enough to do it? But we have. In, in cricket, we have. In rugby, we have. There's loads of candidates. In football, we have loads of candidates. I know in, in the, the rugby, they were trying to get Warren Gatlin, wasn't it? Yeah. It, was, it was the Welsh one, isn't it? He's in charge of Wales. That's or, right. But yeah. I, I would still stipulate it's got to be English. And mm. there is plenty. There's a wealth of talent out there. You know, you, I, know, I know at the moment we've got Roy Hodgson for England. There's plenty of others. You know, you look at the likes of Pardew and whatever. It's, it's not just the fact they're not getting the chance in the national leagues at the clubs it's the fact that the people that run these sports these days seem swayed by foreign coaches foreign managers foreign ideas just because they might happen to do well in one particular season one particular year we lurch far too much in this country is it is has, has tim got a point paul or is he being xenophobic yeah <laughs> <laughs> but you've got to be english to play for the team so why shouldn't you have to be english to manage the team yeah, I suppose. I suppose he could be right in one way, but end of the day, I mean, if um, you know, when we will win the World Cup in European Cup with Austin <laughs> and uh, Jose uh, there's done such a good job, would any of the England fans moan if he came to be manager of England? I'm not saying they would moan, but I'm saying is it any better than than the the, can, the can, you know the English candidates or whatever country you you play for, you know you, you we're talking about. How how else are you going to progress? How else if you if you you know you if you're commercial manager at Mansfield, you could be commercial manager of England one day. Something to aim for, aspire to. If you're a manager and you're an English manager in this game, you know that's the ultimate, yeah. surely, to manage the England yeah. team. No, if you're going to give that job to somebody from another country, where's the progression? You know, where, where, what's to aim for? We'll have to finish it there because we are quickly running out of time. <laughs> we got the sports top predictor. <laughs> Paul Arden was getting ready for a really good answer there, I think, weren't you, Paul? <laughs> Hoofers Comedy Club, December 17th. <laughs> Gary Delaney, don't miss it. <laughs> oh, yeah, right, let's get on with this one, shall we? Uh, yeah, it is the Sports Talk Predictor where we meet Tim and Trevor, a random number generator, uh, just predict the scores of football games, and so far it's getting very close because me and Tim uh, got four points last week because we both said that Boston United win 3-2-1 uh, at Alfreton. Uh, so we got four points. Trevor got two points. So uh, it's Trevor on 42, uh, Tim and me on 39. Three points if you get the score right, and it's one point if you get the outcome right. Hiya, Trevor. Hello. Right, let's get on with it, shall we? Uh, these are this week's games. We've got a minute to do this in, so we're going to okay. rattle these rattle, off. Yep. Hull City against Derby County. I've gone 3-1 Hull City tonight. 2-1 Hull. 2-1 to Hull. What do you think, Trevor? No Oh, nil, nil. That's going to be an entertaining game then. <laughs> uh, Nottingham Forest against Reading. That's tomorrow in the Championship. I've gone 2-1 Reading. Trevor, what have you gone for? One, two, he's gone 2-1 Reading one, as well. 1-1. One. 1-1. One, one. Uh, uh, so that's going to be a draw there. Nuneaton Town against Ulfreton Town. I've gone for a 3-1 win tomorrow in the FA Trophy. Good luck to Ulfreton in that one. 
Uh, 3-1. 3-1 to Nuneaton as well? Yes, yeah. Oh, dear. Uh, what do you think, Trevor? No. Four oh, nil to <laughs> Alfreton Town. Big away day when <laughs> Tim's looking uh, a bit worried with that one. Uh, finally, the Sunday Premier League game between Liverpool and Swansea. Tim, uh, two nil Liverpool. Two nil to Liverpool. I've gone three nil to Liverpool. What do you think, Trevor? Three. Three two is what he's gone for. So we'll find out how they've done uh, this time. I normally, ask the guests as well, but we've simply run out of time for you. I think probably glad that he has done in the end. Uh, Paul Allen, great to have you with us here. No, uh, thank you. Manager of Mansell Town. Always great to get you on on Sports Talk. Uh, quick prediction for tomorrow, Tim. Uh, well, the Stags will win, of course. Yes. Uh, two nil. Two nil away at Barnet. Yeah. First win against Barnet at Barnet since 1998. But it's a new ground. It is a new ground, so a yep. new beginning, yep. and we've got exclusive commentary here on Manchester 103.2. From me, Jason Harrison, Tim Morris, and Paul Nyland, have a great night. We'll see you tomorrow. Exclusive commentary of the Stangs Wet Barnet Saturday Sport. The programme begins at one o'clock tomorrow. Make sure you join us for that. Have a great night. We'll see you then. Bye.